You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 408. Surface! Surface! You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, as, as Gaz just said a moment ago, this is number 408 in the uh, continuing, I don't know, what would you call this, Gaz? Madhouse? Um, uh, insane uh, Asylum? Madness. The continuing madness. Madness. It's like, it's like the, the, the madness of King George or something. I think that's <laughs> it, it just never ends. <laughs> Speaking of never ending, uh, Gaz and I were on the IMP podcast <laughs> last Sunday. Did you see how have you have you already downloaded that one? Yes, I have. It's two and a half hours. <laughs> you know, and I came and the weird thing about doing that podcast, um, and and this isn't a slam. The 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 time that you're on it doesn't seem that long, you know. And then you uh, you look at it later, it's like, oh my god, two and a half hours! I can't believe because I came in. I guess it was like a half hour into it already. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and and I had you know at, at the end of it, I you know I looked at my at my watch after we all signed off, and it was like, oh wow, holy holy moly, two and a half hours. That's why I tend to because um, if you're not careful, actually, you can hang around afterwards and have a bit of a chat because uh, Stu likes to have a, a you know doesn't mind hanging around himself and having. A, a chat and I kind of think well, I, I've got to go now <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, can't, I try and cut out fairly quickly because uh, it was already late for you guys yeah yeah well you see guy uh, um Stu's a bit of a night owl anyway and uh you know and I'm not, I'm not I mean I don't I don't I might I don't mind staying up till four in the morning but not a regular basis. <laughs> no no that, that that gets a bit rough that it's good we rough. had fun I think we had fun Oh, it's always it's always a blast to do that show, and, and the best part about that show, and not that you know we don't also you know follow this same philosophy, they go down so many rat holes in that show. I mean, you'll start <laughs> off with a conversation about um, Tim Cook's dental appointment, and you'll end at uh, U.S. Soviet relations in 1973, and <laughs> no idea how it got there. You know, yeah, but, but did, it, did, it just did, does. Did you see I was quite good at bringing us back? Well, somebody sometimes oh, has oh, to. Oh, actually, actually, I was quite bad at it, considering it was two and a half hours long. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, the thing is, Gaz, you have, you get lots of practice <laughs> yeah. on this show. <laughs> now, tell me about your son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guy Jr. has uh, now graduated from high school, and he's you know in his college preparations come August, September. Um, we had gone to his graduation and I had bought this thing from Belkin. It's called the live action iPhone accessory. And it basically, it clips onto the phone and then it gives you like a physical button, two buttons, actually one button to take pictures, another button. If you want to start shooting video, you know, it sounds like a great idea. The problem was when I went to, to take my pictures off the phone, I, you know, connected it up to... Uh, my computer through iTunes and iPhoto started up and I looked at the pictures that were there and none of the graduation pictures were there. And it was like, Oh, oh. 
you got to be kidding me. So I, I, I was, you know, I told my wife, I said, well, it looks like, you know, all those pictures I took, none of them, none of them turned out. And then I and found after, out after you got up off the floor, after she'd stopped hitting you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I made sure that I, I called her to tell her that. <laughs> and then I was in a different state. Of course, some people say I'm usually in a different state of mind, but that's a whole nother thing, too. Uh, as it turned out, what this does, what and because there's an app that goes with it. And as soon as you you hook this thing in, uh, anytime you, you start the phone or bring it out of sleep, this app comes up. Right. Well, all the pictures you take don't go into your photo library on the phone. It goes to like this custom you know, library that this app makes. And it's like, well, wait a sec. And in order to get them off, you've got to like start clicking all of them and move them over to your. Oh my word! Oh, it's it, in, it was. Is, it, is there not a select tool or something? Oh. No, no. And if you choose too many of them, it doesn't do anything at all. It just yeah. sits there. Ah, that's not good. Yeah, that's so not good, that's not a good UI. Bit, no, right? no. It should just go to the regular photo library. I mean, that's what yeah. that's what people are going to expect. So, and I actually yeah, picked in, this you know, damn thing as as an app as like a app pick. I think one week because I just thought it was such a cool little device. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. So we I'm knew. taking well, back. I'm taking back knew. my app pick. Yeah, it's a rejection. <laughs> it's an app ah, pick rejection. I actually should have that as a a, um, a section. App picks yeah, pick that we've had in the past that didn't quite work out the way we thought it was going to. Uh, the other kind of cool thing, uh, I took my, my younger son, Peter, because he was invited, and even though he's not graduating, he was invited to uh, one of the graduation parties. Yep. And I had I dropped him off, and when I came to pick him up later, I walked in. And uh, ha- do you guys have the, the spy spoof cartoon Archer in the UK? We may do, but I'm I'm not aware of it. Okay, I think it's on Cartoon. I watch it all the time, and I've got like all three seasons that have been available on iTunes in iTunes. I really love the show. Okay. Well, the guy that actually created the show, his name is Adam Reed, and he was at this graduation party that Peter was at. Cool. Yeah, so I was. I started talking to him, and it was like, oh, yeah, we do this podcast, and we've got about 40,000 people that download it each week, and we would love to have you on the show. And he kind of looked at me, and he was like, well... This is a, a like a, a Mac podcast, and he's like, I said, yeah, I said, you guys all use Macs. He said, oh yeah, we all use Macs, but wouldn't you want someone that's like actually technical? I said, no, no, you don't get it. This this is the anti tech <laughs> Mac show. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I gave him, you know, I, I you know told him about the podcast and and you know wrote down the name of it and, and gave him my email address. Who knows? He may he may contact me. He may not. Uh, I, I'll probably try to contact him uh, in the not too distant future. Make sure you know see if he remembers me or not. If he was just blowing me off. And well, you should you should have told him that you've got the uh, the Prince of Northampton on the other end of the the, the line. That would have been you know that would have enticed him. Oh, that's right. We have him on all the time. Now, who is that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so well, what have you I, been up to? Well, less of what I... Well, actually, I was coming back uh, last week from uh, from work from over in uh, Norfolk and Suffolk, which for any UK listeners, that's uh, uh, obviously a, a well-known couple of counties uh, for anyone else. It's basically over in East Anglia. And it was a, you know, quite, it was quite a warm day, quite a sunny day. And on the way back, um, I started playing Downcast. I, you know, I'd, I'd been using uh, because what I still tend to do, although I've got Downcast uh, on my phone, I still tend to sync up with iTunes and, and use the 
the standard app to play. And then when I'm out and about, I'll use Downcast to see if there's any any podcasts that I've got to catch up on. And um, there were a couple on this particular day that downloaded, and I went into uh, one of them, and it was getting late in the day, but it was still the sun was still quite high and, and still quite bright. And I'm hoping that my iPhone suddenly got hot, and it mm. kind of went into some epileptic fate, uh, um, phase. Just just laid just, just laid there on the seat of the car, twitching. <laughs> well, yeah, it, that's pretty much how it, it it seemed to go, and it it just went into a reboot mode. It just kept rebooting and showing the Apple logo, closing down, showing the Apple logo. So I pulled the, the cable out. I held the home button and the reset button to see if I could get it into DFU mode so it would kind of do a restart nothing. And I tried and tried and tried. I got quite annoyed. At oh, this. What does DFU stand for again? I've got no idea. Oh, I think I know. Dumb effing unit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't anyway. mean to interrupt. If the person who might be coming on later does come on later, we can ask him. Um, okay. Anyway, anyway, I um, I it, it, I got to a point where it actually did reboot, and I thought, ah, oh, right, it's it's recovered. It must have been too hard. It must have just been through recovery mode. Fine. And I started downcast again. Got into the download because there was an app, uh, a, a podcast in there that I was trying to download, and it it went through the whole process again. It, it crashed, and was going through the Apple logo and Apple, and I I left it. So I just left it. Um, and, and I this is look. a 4S, right? This is a 4S. This is a 4S. Now, several hours later, I tried it again, and it rebooted. But, you know, it was, it was fine. Um, when I got home late that night, um, I put it into iTunes and started to back it up. Well, it was taking forever to back up. And I thought, mm. there's something squiffy here. This just isn't right. So I went into a restore mode the next day. Okay, I thought, I'll leave it until tomorrow. I would have slept, up, you know, slept on it, not worried about it. Let's, let's move on. So the next day, I started to do a restore on it, and all hell broke loose, basically, because um, it couldn't find the most recent backup. Oh, really? And the most recent backup it had was the one that I tried to do the night before, which was corrupt. And I could, suddenly couldn't find any older backups on my machine. And I thought, now, I know I did a bit of a clean-up the other day, but I didn't think I'd cleaned up you know, any of the backups. Anyway, I went into Time Capsule and found some backups and brought those um, into the four. So I restored them. I thought, great. But they were all corrupt. Every single one of them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was not very impressed with the Time Capsule um, re, uh, restore process. Well, but that's not necessarily the fault of Time Capsule. I mean, I those, those backups I... could have just been... Corrupted from the beginning. Correct, correct. So I don't know whether it was time capsule backing them up that process, whether it was the backups that were uh, defunct anyway, or whether there was some part of the process which I'd obviously messed up. Anyway, be all and end all, end all I had to completely reset my phone, re-go, mm. th- re-go through it. Now, now, the one good thing from that is prior to my iPhone um, crashing, there was, and I couldn't seem to clear this, about one gig, just over one gig of other. You know when you've got that little yellow sure. amount of other on your you know, iPad or your iOS device, and you're never quite sure what it is, whether it's data that's sitting in the background, whether it's some sort of cache file, whatever it is. Yeah, I've got had- 1.25 gigs of other right now. Right. Well, I've put everything back up there, and, and the device now is back pretty much where it was before and that 1.5 is down to about point 
something or the point two or something. So I've regained all that space and got rid of that, and it's now working, you know, reasonably well again. So there was something in the whole process which you know wasn't quite working uh, correctly with my phone. So one thing I would say to people is occasionally check your backups and check. You should do this anyway. You should check your, your standard backups. If you you know backup your your um, your Macs and stuff. your Macs, you should occasionally check to make sure that those backups are good by making sure you can access certain files or if you've got a clone, boot up from it. But now I'm going to have to periodically go into my iPhone backups and iPad backups and make sure that uh, I can use those. Well, how do, you, how do you do that other than wiping the phone and trying to use the old backup? Well, at least... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the one thing... If I do a restore... The one thing that I did note is because I did it kind of twice. I did it once and I did it again. Now, I think you'll find that if you do it once, you'll actually be able to get back to a, a state of where you were if you then stop um, the process, i.e. if you have a look at those backups, it'll at least tell you whether they're corrupt or not. But that is a fair point. And again, we might be able to ask the person that's coming on later what Maybe. is the best way to check that. Maybe. Hopefully. If not... I'm going to have to do some research and come back to you guys next week. Hmm. So what's this? You're, you're getting close to finalizing your updated website? Hmm. Yeah, as you know, I've got... Caught I, you in mid-drink, didn't I? You did, yes. I was just having a sip of my beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting very close to completing my revamped gasmas.com website um, because obviously Mobile Me will be um, finishing in about... 12 days or so i think 12 14 days something like that yeah and um well you know what we need to do um as as like a a a good second section of the show Mm -hmm. is to uh and i i I think we did this once before but talk about some of the options that people have for like easy to use website creation yep yep we can do that we can do that yeah we would we would talk about iweb but Not not quite as easy as it used to be. Well, I've moved over to Rapid Weaver, and um, yeah, I've I've changed the look of my website completely. So I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm close to being there. I don't think I'll have it finished before the time. So I'll I'll have to put it up and, and revamp it as I go along, which is pretty much what I did with the current website anyway. But I'm a lot closer um, to a better product. Um, yeah, you've uh, got like go you've got like a test URL that yes. you put, that you put yes. it up to to yes. see if yes. it's working or yes. not. Yes, I, won't, I won't ask you what it is. No, you won't. Well, you can, but I won't tell you. <laughs> right. Um, any, well, at least anyway. not on the air. <laughs> or maybe not at all. I don't know. Uh, correct. <laughs> anyway, so I'm, I'm nearly there. And uh, obviously, once I'm up and running, I will announce it. And people can go and have a look and have a laugh. And be amazed. Be amazed. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. <sighs> okay. Okay. Let's move yeah. over to the MyMac.com website. Okay, uh, everyone, please, please remember that you can help my Mac and the Stoplight Network by clicking on the Amazon affiliate link at the top right of the my Mac website or the Stoplight Network website. It doesn't cost you anything, and it helps out the podcast, and you get all your regular good Amazon stuff. Mm. Hmm. Now, <laughs> I don't know whether you should take the first yeah, one. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the first one. Uh, this is the iHome IDM5 wireless... N- wireless keyboard not for your desktop mac by my brother larry grinnell who i'm going to see next weekend as a matter of fact cool. uh 
Now, this isn't about Larry's stupidity and embarrassment. Now, please remember, this is what Larry wrote. Uh, he <laughs> says he could fill volumes about that. No, it's it's about a, a really neat Bluetooth keyboard with USB ports for charging uh, USB chargeable devices, an audio amplifier and decent quality speakers, and Bluetooth connectivity. However, there's more to this device than meets the eye. You'll have to read Larry's review to find out. He gave it a MyMac review rating of 8 out of 10. Uh, next on the website is the Ruckus Solar Bluetooth Sound System. Uh, this is actually a video review by Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. I had to wait until you said the first name. That's I know right. I, you were. I knew you what you were waiting for. <laughs> This system works uh, with smartphones, tablets, laptops, and computers that have Bluetooth connectivity. So go and watch Elisa's video to find out more. Uh, next up is the Lower Pro Urban Photo Sling 250. I actually got uh, my son Peter a, and this was one of the ones I was actually looking at. It, it's a, it's a like a sling bag for all of his video stuff. Uh, this is the Sling 250 review by Kurt Blanchard. I got his name right that time. I can't believe it. Uh, Loa Pro has developed a unique solution, the Urban Pro Sling. Go on over to MyMac.com and check out what Kurt wrote about the unique solutions that this solves. Three geeky ladies. Episode two. Yep. The ladies, the ladies discuss various health and fitness apps and websites, uh, despite Vicky's aversion to exercise apps. <laughs> it's Vicky Stokes. <laughs> Miss Stokes to die in gas. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. Ah, uh, I Isn't don't have. I don't. No, I, I don't have. Um, oh wait, no, no, no. Yes, I yes, do. You do. Yes, yes you I do. do. It's not Susie. It's Suze, You nitwit Brit. Yeah, I really need to like combine all three of those. <laughs> yes, you do. You wait, do. hold on. Let me try this. It's not Susie. It's Suze, You nitwit Brit. Miss Stokes to dying gas. No, that that's not going to work. No, you're going to you're going to have to do some work on that one. Yeah, and you need to do the next one. Um, okay, she's been added again. <laughs> <laughs> Learn my Mac episode number nine: desktop pictures and screensaver by Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. Getting a lot of mileage out of that this week. Yeah, absolutely. Watch the video and learn how easy it is to change the desktop background picture or screensaver on your Mac. Uh, next up is Sky Safari 3 Pro, iOS app review by David Acklam. As an amateur astronomer and a volunteer public observatory telescope operator, oh my God, there's some good $5 words. Uh, David <laughs> uses astronomy-related programs and applications and has reviewed, reviewed, but I can't say reviewed, several of the iOS applications here on MyMac.com. He awards Sky Safari Pro a MyMac.com rating of 9 out of 10. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting read, that one. Um, next is Replay. That's a retractable audio cable. It's a review by Kurt Blanchard. Uh, if you have an audio or headphone jack in your car, this little retractable audio cable will do a nice job of simplifying your cable clutter. It's a simple device, two 3.5mm audio plugs at either end of a thin, flat cable. And that hits a 9 out of 10, my Mac rating. And we have Wi-Fi Safari, tech fan podcast number 81, which I haven't 
yet had a chance to listen to, unfortunately. Uh, a huge week of Apple-related happenings on both the Macintosh and iOS fronts. Tim and David discussed that. Vizio making a push into the computer market and the possibility of an X-pad. That, oh, I wonder if that... Okay, never. we may come to something about... Something mm. about that later. Something about something that about... <laughs> Later. Finish. Stop. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Nomad Brush. Compose short tip iOS stylus. This is a review by Kurt Blanchard. Crikey, he's been out. Very yeah. busy this week. Oh. Yeah. Um, styli for iOS devices are abound these days. Big tips, small tips, tips, I'm saying, guy. Plastic yes, tips. Thank you. Metal, <laughs> metal tips. This is a family friendly show. Spongy tips, and even some with brushes. Find out what Kurt likes about this artistic brush, and uh, that gets an 8 out of 10. And uh, if this keeps up, Kurt, you're going to have to send us a sound file like Suze, Elisa, and Vicky did. A solar lighted cover for Kindle Touch by Kurt Blanchard. Having devices run out of battery power when you are away from home is an increasing problem. For your Kindle, Solar Focus has your back. The solar lighted cover for the Kindle is a fitted case with a solar panel built into its cover. He gave it a review of 8 out of 10. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. And we got okay. some feedback from email. Yes. Uh, first off, uh, Fred Horvat, who was one of the winners of the, the 400th podcast contest, that is a contest that just keeps on giving, uh, he sent an email thanking us for his uh, podcast, I wrote this so badly, for his podcast 400th prize. <laughs> 400th podcast prize. There we go. And are you going to read this next one? I just need to say something really quick. Uh, I did kind of cut this back a bit, but it, it's all Osaki goodness. Go ahead. Okay. This is from uh, Eric Osaki. Gaz and Guy. Aha, he's got it right. <laughs> At last, there's someone who's got it right. Thank you, Eric. Um, I'm trying to put the final touches on my Mac and iOS hardware upgrades to jump into iCloud and realize that I still have old Macs around that still turn on. I was wondering what the longest operating Mac that you and Gaz have. Currently, uh, my 512KE does not work due to a battery leak. The the 840AV, nearly 18 years old, slowly boots a Mac System 8 variant and the Power Mac G5 that is 11 years old works on OS X uh, yeah OS X 10.4 the rest of my Macs that work are Intel processor Macs when I spoke to Guy almost a year ago when winning the iHub we were talking about old Macs to a point as a contrast my work and personal Windows computers die or get unusable within three and a half years if that the question question about old Macs was brought up because I just transferred from a MacBook Pro uh, called do Core Duo mid-2006 to a Mac Mini because of the iCloud and coming mountain line change. Changing computers normally driven by obsolescence or failure for everyday Windows OS uh, for everyday um, Windows OS users, but appears to be more cravings um, but appears to be more by cravings in repeat Mac owners. I would keep using the MacBook Pro for other things but I damaged the case, case further while upgrading the hard drive, and it has always run kind of hot, even with an SC, SMC fan app. 
With WWDC focusing on the future of iOS and Mountain Lion releasing this year, I thought it would be nice to take a look at what people still have running as the original owners today. Sincerely, Eric. Good Thank question, you. Eric. Yeah. Uh, the oldest <clears throat> Mac I have that is still running, or that I could still run, is a <clears throat> Power. It's a Power PC G3 uh, desktop. Now, at the time, uh, Apple basically had two different kinds of cases that, as far as the desktop goes. They had towers, which were you know like the 840 AV that he was talking about, and then they had these these smaller ones uh, that would fit on your desk uh heavy as hell but you know i mean what computers weren't there weren't, weren't back in those days this was a power pc uh 300 megahertz uh it had uh old time mac users know what this is the the wings av ports on the back which were uh, rca jacks for both video and audio in and out and i actually used to use that computer quite a bit for video editing way way back in the you know system 8 system 9 days and you know it was crash city i mean you say anything you did you immediately saved because if if it crashed it would take all the work you had not saved uh with it that's the oldest and i still have a um it's a g4 power mac the oh a quicksilver Quicksilver G4 Power Mac that uh, I used to use um, prior to getting the 24-inch iMac that I had prior to getting this old Mac Pro. <laughs> yeah, I feel that's like I, almost the oldest computer I have too. Is this current Mac Pro that I'm using that I can't use for Mountain Lion? But I, I feel so yeah. inadequate. Why? Because, what you got? well, all of my machines are Intel. Yeah. Well, you um, you joined up after the switch, right? Yes, I did, but ha- well, no, no, it was just around the same time, um, or was it? No, no, it was after. You're right, it was after. However, obviously, I did buy a couple of second-hand machines, which were still uh, Power PC machines. But as I moved onwards and upwards, I, I basically got rid of them. I don't tend to keep my machines. I'll tend to get rid of them and, and sell them um, yeah. to upgrade. Um, I've had, you know, I've, I, I must have had. Let me let me just count them through. I've had one. I mean, I, I started using Mac in 2007, and I've had one, two, three, four, five, and we've currently got four machines. So, <laughs> so you know, I've had five <coughs> machines and got through them, and none of them have been binned. They've all been sold on and, you know, moved on. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't tend to keep the older stuff. I, t- I tend to just, you know, get rid of it and, and, and move it on for some other sucker. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I actually don't know why I kept that 300 AV model. I think maybe because at the time I was thinking, you know, if I ever need to go back and and use these old video editing apps, and, and it, there that computer has sat it, it, since it, about it, 2002. It is funny though, uh, guy. A lot of people do use, you know, they they keep their old Macs running to do a job. So it's not like you know, I'm I'm not getting rid of it because it's not doing a job. I just, you know, I'm just, you know, you got something faster. I want something faster, and and, and I'm using. The capability, or not the capability, but the fact that a Mac holds it price so well, I'm using that to sell it on to, to fund the new Mac. So, sure. You know, and there's lots of people. I do listen to one or two um, Mac podcasts, which basically talk about retro Macs. And uh, I, I do find it quite interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's not something I do. I've got to be honest. 
Well, you're, it's the, it's, you're still it's, relatively new at the game. Yeah, wait wait the, until about 2018 when, when you're going, yeah, I think I'm going to keep this court to you. It's 1847, this Mac Mini, and it still works really well for surfing with Safari version 1. It kind of stalls a bit at OS 10... Point thirty, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Uh, anyway, thank you, Eric. Uh, those were the. And if uh, anybody else, anybody else out there's got some old Macs that you want to tell us about, we'd we'd love to hear about it. So yeah, yeah, you can call our Skype number. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some feedback from uh, Facebook from Peter Bird. He says he's sending. Or Peter Bird says that he's sending me smoke signals through Facebook. After watching the WWDC keynote, I want the new Retina MacBook Pro, but I can't at the moment. It looks so good. I'm looking forward to documents in the cloud, notification center, airplay, and dictation for the Mac. Also, the Maps app and greater Siri functions on iOS 6. I checked out the 360 panorama, pan, <laughs> panorama app. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gas mentioned. I liked it, and I bought it. Good man. Oh. Well now, and we don't have any audio feedback, though, Gas. However, we don't. Go ahead. We don't. No, but go on. You were going to say something. Yeah, I le- today I was, I was leading you in. You see. Ah, okay. Today is our number one Skype caller-ins birthday. Today is, as we record this, which is Tuesday, June 19th, today is Eddie Spaghetti's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Uh, As far as we can go. That's That's as far as we can go, yeah. Yeah, and in celebration... Many... All right, no, 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 no. I just wanted to bring that old one in. I don't know, but he's in your place. Not for long. There you go, Eddie. <laughs> so happy birthday, Eddie. That was a Blackadder. Blackadder sketch. I love the Blackadder. <laughs> What's this you got here? This phobia word of the day. Okay. Atmosophobia. So atmosophobia. Atmosophobia. There you go. Atmosophobia. Um, I'm going to guess... <clears throat> That that's fear of breathing. You're you're afraid of the atmosphere. Okay, if I if I change if I change it really, I change it slightly. Atom osophobia. Aha! So you're you're afraid of small Irish men with atomic weapons. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, leave out the small Irishman, oh. and you, it's a fear of atomic explosions. Um, well, actually, I have to say, I'm kind of a, a fan of of that kind of phobia. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, the reason I put it in there was going to say, isn't everybody? Yeah. It's not <laughs> like I got up this morning and said, you know what I could really use today? <laughs> a good atomic explosion. <laughs> but, but I have a fear of them. Yeah. Oh, oh no, there it is. <laughs> oh man. Oh Gaz, get us out of here. Okay. Stand by to stand by and stand by and keep standing by and we might even be right back. 
All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't? <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at PocketSizedPodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. sound clips than any iTunes library. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the second segment of the MyMac.com podcast. We have a special guest in the studio, in, in the MyMac.com studios, sitting, you know, because gas, of course, is just sitting here to my left. Yep. And um, it's, well, it's a really, really long desk, you know, probably four, five thousand miles long. And uh, <laughs> I managed to extend the desk to the right about another couple of hundred. How many miles are you from D.C., Tom? Oh, I have no idea. It's probably in the neighborhood of uh, four or five hundred miles. And oh, I'm uh, sure it's more than that. <laughs> well, we have we have Tom Schmidt from First Tech and, and MyMac.com. Uh, we were able to finagle him onto the show this week. And uh, we wanted to ask you about what your feelings were on uh, the WWDC event that took place last week. And I know this is kind of an, you know, now it's kind of an old topic, but it, we weren't able to talk about it last week for various reasons. So well, you, you, get a little bit say, in now. You say, you say it's an old guy, but sometimes it's best just to leave these things a, a little time so you can digest them. Um, you know, sometimes after the euphoria of a keynote, an Apple keynote and the, you know, the hiatus that happens around it then sometimes it's best just leave it for a bit and then look at it uh, a little while later so it should be good well I, i'm all about the now baby <laughs> oh don't we know it <laughs> i'm sorry what were you saying what I'm confused. google says it's about 1100 miles oh okay <laughs> so let's see so it's it's about four four thousand miles to the left for gaz and about 1100 miles to the right for tom so you're both going to have to speak up. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so what? What did a you shout out to the queen? What did you think about WWDC, Tom? Um. Was there anything that like really just grabbed you by the hair and said, "Look at me"? Well, the most interesting thing that I saw was on Monday 
if you looked in the online store, the Mac Pro was marked as new, and if you looked on Tuesday, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's because somebody realized that a paint job doesn't make it new. <laughs> what was it? Somebody said, uh, they, they, oh, you said it, that they went from, from gray to silver? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised, actually, uh, Tom, that it, you, you didn't, first of all, bring up the, the new Retina-based MacBook Pro and its inability to be uh, serviced. In, serviced and updated. That, I think, is being blown way out of proportion. It's not that it can't be serviced. Um, it's a little bit more tightly wound than the MacBook Air um, in that the display housings are actually a part of the display panel rather than the, a display panel being installed within a display housing. That's kind of a unique thing with it and an innovative thing that no one's done. So you've gotten you've gotten some product information uh, at First Tech from Apple on it, or is this from what you've learned while browsing various sites online? Oh, mostly just from from you know people chattering about the iFixit teardown. iFixit actually did two teardowns. They did their first teardown where like where they were like, oh my god, this thing can't be fixed, and then they did another one where they're like, hey this display is all one piece and it's kind of cool. So it's like, okay, which way are you going to have it? <laughs> is it cool or is it, you know, pull out your hair? I have to, I have to change a component inside of here. I, I do certainly think that Apple are going down the avenue of selling you a product which is at its maximum capacity once you buy it. I mean, we, we've kind of gone there with the iPad. Uh, we've certainly gone there with, uh, to a certain degree with the MacBook Air. And I think that's where they possibly are, are thinking of moving most of their product. Well, Tom, do you think that that this obsession with thinness, which is you know Apple kind of really started this whole thing with it being you know super thin, with and it wasn't even it wasn't the MacBook Air or the iPad. There was a, a previous product where they were like, oh, you know, it was talking about the the the, the iMacs, as you know, the various generations of iMacs came and went. You know, one of the things they kept emphasizing in their product literature was, well, "Look how thin this this machine is." Uh, do you think that it that that this obsession with having thin products is uh, detrimental to basically what the the product is about? I don't know that it's detrimental. Um, it is sort of a signature if you will of how apple does things and if you look at all the the um like H hp has a notebook that looks like the the macbook pro um all the different ultra book pcs that look so much like the macbook air it's it's monkey see monkey do it's everybody is is going thinner apple's le leading the way on that but is that necessarily a good thing? If, well, for me, Guy, if, if thinness, thinness, ah, yeah, hate that word. Um, <laughs> if, that, if that means uh, that a product is lighter, certainly from, uh, from a carrying a product around perspective, yes, if you're having to do a lot of traveling with a, uh, with a, a device, 
then its weight is far more important to me than, you know, I suppose its bulkiness has, you know, a key point in that process as well. But certainly its weight and not being quite as bulky makes it a much more user-friendly device when carrying it around. Right. Yeah, but not so much when force. you're using it, though. But the driving force for a laptop is how portable it is. And the thinner it is, the lighter it's going to be. Okay, so so you th- do you think that it's that this is a good thing, or you know do do you think that at some point we you know you it's already starting to happen where you're trading performance for and we'll call it a feature for how portable a device is. The thing that's prevented them from making things thinner are the connectors. Um, They came out with MagSafe 2, which is a thinner, wider MagSafe connector. Uh, They dumped the optical drive, which allowed it to be thinner. Um, The memory slots also help with that. Okay. the, The more the connectors go away, the thinner it can be because a soldered on chip takes up a lot less room than a socketed one. But doesn't heat also play a factor in this? Heat is more about the, the, the airflow and the channels as opposed to thin. The thinner it is, the easier it is to control the airflow. I would have thought it would be the other way around. Yeah, well, but if it's, if it's also thinner, Guy, I, I would say that you've probably got quicker access to that outer body because it's really the body that they're now using as a heat sink, isn't uh, it? So instead of having the heat just kind of trapped in there in a larger space, because it's so thin, any type of airflow will move it through faster? Yes, because it's obviously heating up that case much quicker. So the outside, it's actually using the case almost as it's, it's, uh, it's cooler. So well, it's like a secondary tan, tanning source or if you need your <laughs> knees tanned up? They started doing that with the titaniums. Anything that they've had that's had a metal case, the titaniums, the aluminums, the unibodies, those metal bodies have also had not only a structural function but a heat sink function. Okay. Well, was there anything else that you saw from WWDC that, that kind of took your attention? Anything about Mountain Lion or, or iOS 6? I think there's a few things in iOS 6 that we haven't seen yet. And we won't see until the next iPhone announcement. If you were going to make a change to anything that's currently available in iOS 5 or any type, you know, if there was a feature that you wanted to add, uh, is there one that, that you would? Probably um, a way to put a passcode on mail. Oh, for like mm. different users? Mm. Well, not not different users, just to get in it. The way iOS is is um, set up, it's not a multi-user system. I mean, it can be because it's, you know, Darwin at the core, but it's geared for simplicity, single user, shared device, um, but there, I've noticed a lot of people who want to you know make the device itself available 
for the family, but they don't necessarily want everybody to be able to get at email. Okay. Now, um, I, I've, I've actually got something which I'd like to mention on there. Sure. Uh, and, and I got a few responses actually on, on Twitter saying that uh, they'd like that as well. And I said, do you know what I'd like is a location service in iOS that turns off the lock screen when I'm at home? Oh, so that you don't have to enter a password? Yeah, when I'm at home. And somebody else said, actually, they'd like that same functionality when it's uh, plugged into um, their, uh, when it's basically charging, when it's plugged into iTunes. Now, obviously, ideally, what you want is to have the option that you can turn that on or off, because some people may still want that lock screen on when they're at home. Well, with two, with two teenage boys, yeah, I like the yeah. lock screen. <laughs> but others, I, I mean, the amount of times I think I'm at home, I don't need this lock screen on. And uh, for me, that would be a great functionality. And before we move on to the next subject, Guy, mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a question, if you remember, from the first segment for Tom. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Now, it might put him on the spot and he might have to come back to us to answer it, but he may know it off the top of his head. So, Tom, are you prepared to take a question? Always. Good man. Um, how do we know or how can we find out if our iOS backups are good or not? The iCloud backups? Mm, well, let's say for argument's sake, we talk about the local backups that uh, people might still be using. The ones in iTunes? Yeah. I'll tell you for um, why. I t- you didn't hear it, but I'll tell you for why. I basically had to re- uh, restore my machine, my, my phone, the other, the other day. And basically, I found most of my backups were corrupt. And I didn't know that they were corrupt until I came to try and use them. And I don't know if there's a way of actually checking your backups are good without having to go through the whole restore process. I don't know that there is a way to do that. Let's see. Um, well, short of just restoring your phone from it. There could be a third-party product that does that. Um, I, I can't say I'm aware of one. Okay, well, if, well you, if you were a developer, would you be able to use the iPhone or, or iPad simulator to test a backup? No. You see, that would be kind of cool. If you could have a program that gave you like a virtual iPhone or a virtual iPad and you could use like all of your apps and stuff on it on your Mac OS. Yeah, I, I, I think without us obviously hanging on this uh, too long tonight, that's that's yeah. a little bit of homework for us for next week. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one that's uh, stumped me earlier. Well, for one of us. Uh, yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. <laughs> And uh, if anybody's got the answer to that, or Tom, if you come up with the the answer, then uh, let me know and I'll let the people know next week. I'd search Mac Update for um, iOS backup or something like that, and then you might come up with some third-party product. It wouldn't be anything that would be available in the App Store. I doubt Apple would approve that. No, No. probably not. Okay, uh, next next topic. Uh, Microsoft had a big announcement this week, and I know this is the my Mac podcast, but this actually has is going to have quite an impact in one way or another uh, in the iOS atmosphere. And um, I, th- I think, guy, I think this will have a bigger impact than the Android devices. Yeah, well, I wouldn't argue with that either. And of course, we're talking about uh, Surface for. 
uh, Windows 8, the tablets. Now, there, there's two different kinds. There's uh, Surface RT or Surface for Windows RT, which is supposed to be Windows 8 that's going to run on uh, ARM chips. And then there's Surface for 8 window or Surface for Windows 8 Pro, which is going to be a, a, a typical, uh, I'm guessing, two core Intel Core i5, uh, the Ivy Bridge processor. And you'll be able to run for whatever reason for if, if you wanted to do this run your typical regular windows uh desktop applications on a small tablet and i'm i'm let's let, uh, tell you what you know let, let's talk about that first the the windows 8 pro tablet this is something that microsoft has been pushing for 10 years and it has been an abject failure almost from the the very first time they tried it up up until and through when Apple introduced the iPad and in my opinion that the the biggest reason for its failure isn't the hardware which is typical you know PC laptop style hardware it's that there are very very few windows applications or or OS 10 applications for that matter that are truly touch enabled uh, you know all of the software that we're talking about were was created for for a, a, a keyboard and a mouse or a, a trackpad so why would somebody want to have all the, the the headaches of a tablet style computer with a desktop os and what makes microsoft think that this time it's going to work what do you think tom my understanding, and I really haven't heard or read too much about it, and, and at this point, I consider the thing just, you know, vaporware. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. But what I've heard is that Office is included with it. And if that's the case, then um, that's something that certainly would appeal to the enterprise. Well, oddly Which, enough, uh, the Windows 8 Pro tablet, according to what I've been reading, isn't going to be, or Office isn't going to be on the Pro tablet, but they are going to include it in the RT tablet, the ARM, uh, the, the ARM-based tablet. Okay, I thought it was both. Uh, well, that's that's really interesting then, because that's the consumer one. Right. That's not good. Seems counterintuitive to me. Well, what do you think, Gaz? I, I think if they can get it right, you've got an awful lot of Windows users that would like a Windows tablet. Now, they're, they're pushing it also with this uh, separate keyboard, aren't they? Yeah, which is very, very similar to uh, a keyboard that's available for the, the iPad, whose name escapes me at the moment. But it does kind well, of a similar thing. Where it's like it is, a smart cover with a keyboard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. However, I don't think the – you'll have to correct me here because I've not actually tried this. If you have the keyboard uh, connected to a – or if you have the iPad and you connect it to a blue Bluetooth keyboard, um, does when you're using the keyboard, presumably the keyboard has to show on the iPad screen. No. No, it, it doesn't. Okay, that's that's fine then. Okay, that. that so uh, oddly that. enough, there is a, key, uh, a on the keyboard that I have for my iPad, the Logitech unit. There is a button that I can hit that will bring up 
the on-screen keyboard. Right. Which so you I always have, thought was can, very weird, but okay. Right. So you could have it either or. Okay, that's right. fine. Well, well, yeah, that's I, I just, something that's built into iOS. I have the original iPad keyboard, and and it's got that. I, I I personally think this is an admission with the keyboard and the way that they they're still having to use the interaction with a third-party device. Um, it shows that um, basically Microsoft can't do touch. Um, and we've known that because, as you said at the start, they've been they've been going on about a touch device for ten years plus. Uh, Don't they even include a stylus with it? I believe they do. I believe they do. So you know, all that does says to me is that it proves that they don't know how to do touch. However, however, there are lots of uh, things about this which I think could push um, the uh, uh, tablet uh, industry towards a tablet. And that is because it's a Microsoft device. And a lot, as I said at the start, there's a lot of Windows users that, although they can interact with a, an Apple device, they probably haven't even still heard of the iPad because they're not thinking about tablets at the moment. But as soon as Windows starts pushing um, this device and saying it is a Windows-compatible device, and if they get the interaction between their um Windows-based or their PC-based uh, OS and this uh, combined so that you can share, like we're struggling to do with some of the um, uh, documents at the moment with um, with the iOS devices. Yeah, no doubt about uh, that. Yeah, with iWork, which was supposedly you know going to be the, the saviour. If they get that sorted and they can get that right, there's going to be a lot of people buy this. And to be honest with you, you know, a lot of people, I don't think it's an iPad killer, but it might actually be an iPad pusher. I It'll really start to uh, make um, Apple think about where they've got to go with their device. I don't think it'll change the operating system at all from Apple, but it might um, create a scenario where at last we've got some competition in this space. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to depend on not so much... And and this is something that a lot of uh, Windows geeks, geeks don't understand. People really don't care about specifications, and that's that's very true. Your 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 overall market, they don't care about specs. Maybe they that's want why to they know, didn't say anything. Oh, they did. They 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 talked about specs when when they when they brought these two out. Gigahertz and things. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Well, I mean, not to to that level, but you know, they they did like for example, uh, for the Windows 8 Pro tablet, it's an Intel Core i5. They talked about the weight, the thickness, uh, 10.6 inch clear type, full HD, capacitive touch panel, uh, the battery, and some of the some of the ports that it has. It's going to have uh, a micro SD slot, USB three mini display port, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the, the big thing that I think will determine whether or not the Windows 8 Pro tablet is a success, and it was part of the reason why I wanted to split these two up, is going to be how successful Microsoft is in implementing Windows 8 overall into not only the consumer market, but more importantly, because this is their core, the business market. And... From the few hints that I've seen and, and some of the screenshots that I've seen of Windows 8, there's a lot of, of people complaining about what this operating system looks like, especially after the, the huge success that they had with Windows 7. 
They do seem to go every other. Yeah, well, I mean, XP was around for, what, 10 years? And then Vista came out and was like total flop. And then Windows 7 was like a a slam-bang miracle. I I just kind of have to wonder if if Windows 8 is going to be their next Bob. Not even so much Vista, but, I mean, something as horrible as what Microsoft Bob was, for people that know what that was. You got me. The, the thing that I noticed about it is that the start menu is gone and the gra- the Metro thing is grafted on top of that. And once you get into the main Windows interface, it's not obvious how to get back out to the Metro slash start menu thing. Right, where you can actually see other possible applications. Right. And, I stumbled across it by accident. You go in the very lower left-hand corner and there it pops up. But there's nothing in that corner to show you it's there. Right, right. So do you guys think that there could be you know, some kind of pushback against Windows 8? And if there is a pushback from Windows 8, the business community doesn't pick it up. And other than people buying you know, new computers that have Windows 8 on it that are too lazy to put something else on it. I, you know, I, I, think, I think a lot of the business industry won't take up Windows 8 but they'll probably take up Windows 9. Yeah, you think that they'll go back to a more standard interface for Windows 9? Like uh, n- no, no. I think in I think Windows 9 will be a much better operating system for the fact that they've had to go through Windows 8 and there will be a lot more industry or business-driven um, functionality uh, and normal, normality driven back into Windows 9 or and or more people will be used to the interface. I think well, it's too early to say that there would be a pushback. Um, I mean, just going back to that start menu example for a minute, think back to the early versions of Mac OS X when the Apple menu was smack in the middle of the menu bar. There oh, was I never even pushback. saw that. There was a pushback from from the public saying, whoa, 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 this is a dumb place to put the Apple menu, and they put it back where it belonged in the left-hand corner. It's still possible that with the release version of Windows 8, they put something in that corner that says, hey, here's the start menu and how you get back out to the Metro thing. Well, it just seems to me that, that you know, this is, and Gaz, Gaz and I talked about this on the IMP podcast we were on. This seems to be more along the lines of, of Microsoft Microsoft's Windows Everywhere strategy, where you know they want people to have a, a similar type experience using Windows, no matter what type of device it is that, that they're using, and I I think that 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 philosophy in itself is flawed in that people use mobile devices very very differently than how they use their desktop computers or even their laptop computers. Apple's moving in the same direction. Well, not look so at, much. Look at Launchpad. Launchpad uh, is the same, you know, click on the Yeah, for full the screen apps. To launch the, yeah. The Apple is is Mountain Lion is more that way than Lion was. Yeah, but that's it's optional. You know, it it's not like that's what you're True. booting up into whereas with Windows 8 that kind of interface is is it's a you know what you see is what you get and unless yeah, you know how to get term, to a, a more 
the terminology I would use there, guys, is not in your face. It is there, but how long is it going to be before actually, um, you know, that is in your face before, uh, well, before uh, you boot into the machine and that's what you've got confronting you? Well, we know that OS 10.8 won't be like that as far as the, it being the default. Mm. But, I mean, we'll have to see. Now, uh, we're running way, way late here. Uh, yeah. Talking about the, the Surface for Windows RT tablet. Now, this kind of operating system that, that, that Microsoft is putting out for the desktop, I think will work very, very well on an ARM-based tablet that understands that it's a mobile device. And I'm looking forward to seeing what developers as well as Microsoft will do with a device like this. And I honestly, and, and this, you know, we're a Mac show and, and we, yeah, we make fun of Microsoft. As a matter of fact, we've done it several times tonight. But I, I look forward to seeing what, what Microsoft does with this. And, and I hope that they'll have the patience that other companies like <coughs> HP <coughs> didn't have and will innovate in this space and provide a third alternative to either Android or iOS. I think it's too little too late. I think what we're really seeing, especially with the advent of the iPad, is the world turning upside down where you had Microsoft as the dominant player and Apple as the one that's big enough to make sure that Microsoft doesn't get in too much monopoly trouble, but small enough that it's not that big a deal to Microsoft. And it's flipped around where now Apple is the dominant player and Microsoft is seriously in danger of losing um, attention, market share, etc. They already have in the mobile space. Well, what do you think, Gaz? Um, yeah, I, I've got a feeling that this this RT tablet. I, I agree with uh, with Tom there. I think this is dead in the water. I'm gonna. I think. I think that combination. Oh, okay. of, I think the combination of this uh, and where they're going is 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 not where they want to be. I actually think that the Windows RT, uh, Windows 8 RT tablet, could do very very well. Uh, Microsoft certainly has enough money in their war chest to support it for a very long time and give it time to to build up some steam. The question is going to be. Are they because right now both of these are, are created by Microsoft as compared to in the past, of course. You know, they, they Microsoft doesn't make PCs, they make the operating system for PCs. Yeah. You, you, you see, that's gonna be the next thing, guy. Where are they gonna sell this? Because I heard they're only gonna be selling it in their stores. Oh, I bet you'll see them in, in like the Best Buys or well, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say, if they only sell it in their stores, it's dead already. <laughs> yeah, because there's not that many Microsoft stores. And I, I I think they're talking about what sometime a release in the fall, as I as I recall. Um, but I, I think you're right. We're we're going to have to wait and see on this. But I I I think that the Windows RT tablet has the possibility of doing very well. Whereas I think the Windows 8 Pro tablet, which is uh, you know Intel based and all the rest of that, is going to be a big fat loser. Well, guy, let me ask you this. Yeah. Have you seen a Windows Phone 7 phone in the wild? 
yes, as a matter of fact, there's, there's a person at work that has one. Of course, he has a con- continuous frown on his face the whole time he's walking around. I don't know if that's related to the phone or not. Practically everywhere I go, if you look around in the crowd, you're going to see at least a half a dozen people looking at something on an iPhone. Yeah, either that or an Android phone. Yeah, it's probably about 50-50. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a big difference, I think, as far as people's perception of a market between phones and tablets because tablets, I, I think, are going to be the next computing platform as people start to move away from PCs. We're already starting starting to kind of see this in iOS where Apple includes something like the airport utility so that you don't need a Mac to configure your wireless network at your house. You can do it right from your iOS device. That being said, that you know, if you don't need to have a full-blown Macintosh at your house and you can do everything that you would use a Mac for with your iOS device, okay, well, this is one step closer to that. And uh, I don't know if Android has anything set up like that, but you know, we're we're starting to move toward. And you know, I, I hate using. Buzz you mean terms. like iCloud? Well, not so much. Not so much storage in the cloud or even applications in the cloud but practical practical uses for tablets either in the home or on the go or or wherever it is as being your primary computer and ios can already for the most part do that uh you can pretty much do the same thing with android and if windows rt is able to give you a lot of that same functionality or even do it better than than what android is currently capable of doing well then they could mar- mark out a real niche for themselves yeah, and yeah. it's what they have to do in order to stay valid in in the world of technology absolutely guy and i, I think that's that's for me is where you know because i'm not really i'm not going to go out and buy either of these devices i'm more interested in where it's going to push apple with their device and i think if we can get some decent because decent competition out there for a, a tablet or you know an ipad like uh device then that's going to do us some good at the yep. moment there isn't one out there um no, so no, I'm, I, I i think going back to what I said at the very start, the fact that a Windows user may see a Windows tablet, it will sell on that score. Now, they may have to improve it for that user to you know, get any functionality out of it, uh, and eventually they will do, because this is precisely what Microsoft are good at, and that's copying. Yeah. <laughs> Start well, your the, the, way, the way Apple treats that stuff, though, is they don't look at the competition as the competition no they compete with themselves i mean yes. look at the look at the it's original ipod target. nano e- eating the market share of the ipod at the ipod mini um they're they leapfrog with iphones every two years um they're going to start doing the same thing with ipads now yeah yeah i can see that and and unfortunately guys we we really need to uh, to take a break and uh, uh, and move on to the next segment. Good, so, Tom, do you want to take us out? 
stand by to stand by <laughs> and we'll be right back. Uh, he does that well, Gaz. Do you know, he almost does it like this. Stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. And we will. Technology is everywhere, and the internet could seem like a large, scary place. Well, let TeacherCast bring it into focus for you. TeacherCast.net features the best in app reviews, screencasts, how-tos, and so much more. TeacherCast.net is also available in the App Store. Be sure to check out TeacherCast, because students aren't the only ones with a lot to learn. one-hour show that takes 24 hours to record. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone to the third section, so, sort of, of the, the MyMac.com podcast for this evening. And we'll see we'll see how this works out. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess we should probably make this relatively quick. Uh, I... I kind of saw this as an aside and wanted to get your opinion on this uh, podcasts breaking away from iTunes in iOS six. What do you think about that? Now the question is, where did you see this? Because I saw something, um, a commentary about this as well. And the commentary that I saw basically indicated that this could actually be a very clever move and a very good thing for podcasts be a very clever move by apple and a very good thing for podcasts um if it breaks away i i I was thinking about it i don't know um the fact that i'd have to use a separate application because that's again something which i kind of uh heard on the rumor mill i mean we don't tend to talk too much about rumors but this this could actually impact us quite you know quite substantially um so uh it was interesting to to read the views um I don't think I've got a problem. I mean, most people, you know, now, you know, I go, in, I go into Downcast um, to listen to my uh, podcast and I go into the normal uh, playing app to listen to my podcast. Uh, for other people, if they've got one app which has got their podcasts in, because a lot of people tend to use podcasts now for their radio stations. It's certainly what I do. I mean, I download oh, yeah. an awful lot of the radio stations that I would you know, like to listen to but can't. Uh, and play them at other times when it's more convenient to me. Now, um, if that was in a separate app, I don't know. I think it highlights um, podcasts quite quite considerably. So I don't think it'd be a bad thing. I'd have to see, you know, exactly where they'd want to take it. As long as it doesn't mean that um, people have to start uh, paying for podcasts, and as long as you could subscribe uh, as people do now, I don't think it'd be a problem. To be honest with you. Well, I guess it's going to depend not so much on the mm. iOS side of it, but on the, the Mac side of it. If mm. if it's a separate application on the Mac side where you have to go get your podcast, it will definitely impact you know the, the podcasting world in general, and not necessarily in a good way. Uh, people are kind of used to going into iTunes and hitting that podcast button and hitting refresh and, and not having to worry about it. It just 
goes goes it goes ahead and does it. Yeah, but equally, guy, you could look at it from the fact that if it's a separate app on the iOS device, then you know a lot of people will use it, much like Downcast. You know, it's it's a separate application. So uh, as long as it's got the functionality that I've got with syncing when it comes to uh, not only Downcast but iTunes itself, you know, whether there's a separate app on on my machine, I don't think I'd have too much of a problem. But I do. I, I am with you on that. I'm a bit concerned as to, you know, how you'd, you know, for the, the majority of people probably would still use iTunes to be able to sync up to their devices. And at the moment they use iTunes to sync just about everything up to their device. And if they've all, all of a sudden got to uh, open up another application on their Mac to sync up podcasts with their application, then, yeah, that could be a very bad thing for them. Yeah, it just adds a layer of complexity. <laughs> yeah. Yep. that Apple typically isn't really known for. But, 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 what do people keep saying about iTunes? That it's too bloated. Mm. Yeah, I've never said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if this is a move to say, also they do the same thing with movies and TV programs and music and books, then, you know, I could see, you know, it, it taking away from iTunes and, and saying... You know, you've got these applications, and you have to run each of these applications to do your syncing. That that does make it very complex, which, as you was about to say, is not very Apple-like. Yeah, you know how that, but you know how this could work would be if you decide on your iOS device, whether it's it's an iPod Touch or an iPhone or an iPad, which podcasts it is that you're going to listen to on a regular basis, and then those preferences get uploaded into iCloud. So the next time you pull out your your iPad, those preferences get shunted to that. It gets shunted to all your other iOS devices. And it doesn't matter which one you're listening to. You basically start whatever this application is going to be in iOS 6 and say, oh, I want to listen to the the latest uh, wacky adventures from Gaz and Guy on the MyMag.com podcast. You hit that button and it'll go ahead and find the latest episode. Of course, you won't sound like that, but you could. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, this is all rumor mongering at the moment. We sure. Have to see, it, it's more the thought process about it breaking away from iTunes. Uh, yeah, we'll the, have to. And, yeah, and the ahead. greater and the greater implications that that possibly has for some of the other uh, sections within iTunes at the moment. Well, right now, um, <laughs> you know, as far as iTunes goes. What what needs to be in iTunes as far as the the media that you can that you consume that you're getting from iTunes? Well, that's music, that's TV shows, and that's movies and oh uh, and books, but uh, podcasts and applications and and some of the other things. You you pretty much can you know we're already we already have uh, wireless syncing and. Um, up updates for applications so are you know is this is this apple's move to to start to to get away from itunes and and basically have you update everything that you you do in itunes from the cloud itunes becomes like a virtual yeah. type of program where you don't yeah. even have it on your computer anymore yeah yeah possibly possibly but you uh, see there there, there I would are like some, that yeah yeah, and but there are some there are some podcasts, and especially from iTunes U. I don't know how they deal with that. Whether they, you know, that would stay separate because I I 
I still deem iTunes U a bit of a podcast area. Well, uh, uh, who's hosting it, those files? Does Apple host the iTunes U files, or is know. that done by the know. universities? Because don't they don't host podcasts. That's that's well, just a feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, if it's a step to improve iTunes and not the only step, I think I can welcome it. If it's a step to get podcasts out of iTunes because it's not making them any revenue, that would be a bad thing. Yeah, I, I at this point because I don't think iTunes is considered a, a huge revenue source. I mean, as far as the content that people buy into uh, Apple's pockets, I think it, it's it's more of a way to say, look at this this great app we have that that syncs your mobiles your mobile devices and all this content that you can get for it. Because I mean, what they're what they're getting out of it isn't really that much when you consider how much they make from the hardware. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about the figures on that. I, you know, I might have to dispute that that statement slightly. I don't, um, I don't know, unless I saw exactly how much they're making from all the content in iTunes. I, you know, I couldn't say either way on that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's always deemed to be that the iTunes is a conduit to them um, selling the hardware. And here's precisely what you said. Here is the conduit to all of your media to get onto your hardware that you just spent lots of money on and they'll be made lots of profit <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well i think we've said enough about that yeah we'll have to wait and see them. yeah what's what's it what is this wonderful tip you have this week okay well you all know that um if you hold down the command key uh, and you drag and hold uh, a file uh, from one finder window to another um it would actually move the file it wouldn't yes. just copy it would no, you did know that didn't you Yes. Good. Okay, good. Well, it happens that when you copy a file, especially when you go Command-C to copy it, in Lion at least, um, uh, you know, if you get to the location and then you suddenly realize that you didn't want to copy that file, but you actually wanted to move it, if when you're dumping it into the new Finder window or the location, if you press Option-Command-V, your file will move rather than just being copied from its previous location. I so if you so so, that. so when you go uh, command C on a file and then you get to the location you think ah I actually wanted to move it rather than just copy and paste it uh, you can actually paste it uh, with the command option uh, sorry option command V and it will actually move the file. Well that kind of makes sense since, since command V is is the uh, keyboard equivalent of the paste command. That's right, but now, you know what if, people don't know is if you hold down Option Command C, it actually anticipates what the file is going to be in the future, changes <laughs> it, and then just leaves it right where it is. Oh dear guy, actually, is that, your, is that your tip? Yeah, yeah that 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 is my my psychedelic tip for the. Actually, folks, please don't try that. I have no idea what would happen. You know, <laughs> the whole universe any, could implode. That's right. Any damage that you do to your computer <laughs> based your on something fault. that I've said is your own fault. Because if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you ought to know better. Right, right. You ought to know better. That's all I can say on yeah, that. Absolutely. Now, Guy, yeah. that, that's not your tip. So what's your pick? Um, My pick, however, this is real. Mm. And, and if you're, especially if you're a podcaster, this is an amazing app, and, and Stu Helm, we were talking about the, the IMP podcast earlier, Stu Helm turned me on to this. Now, now, Gaz and I have this problem 
well, um, amongst many, that when... <laughs> I'm seeing the doctor tomorrow, actually. Yeah, <laughs> going to have it removed finally. Very <laughs> Way to go, Gaz. The, um, uh, when you guys send in uh, iTunes reviews, and, and we love it when you do so, if you don't do it in the U.S. store or the U.K. store, it is very difficult for us to find them. So there is this app called comment cast it's by martica it's five dollars at marty.com no you m-a-r-t-i oh marty.ca sorry about that yeah gaz is right and what it does is it goes and it looks for whatever applications that or sorry whatever applications whatever feeds you put in it it goes and gets the the itunes comments for it and it really, really is an amazing app. And I found, uh, let's see, where are you? There you are. I found a comment in Germany that uh, I don't believe we had talked about before. Now, we did the one where we tried to pronounce it. It's in German, and we just blew it completely. Yeah. Well, this one is from Pad64G. Okay, now, do, do you want to go on to that later, or...? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll go. We'll we'll go into that. It's an old review. It's from April, but okay. uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. That's not too bad. Anyway, that that's my that's my app pick this week. Okay. If you're and, a if you're a podcaster, you should get this I'll, app. I'll ha- I'll have a go at uh, at saying it later. Okay. Okay. I forgot and I put that in there too, didn't mm. I? Mm. You did. You did. So uh, yeah, that's <laughs> guy. That's that saved guy and I a lot of time. Yeah, and it saved you guys from having to uh, tell us that, well, you actually never did, but it, it saved you from telling us that you'd put, an, you'd put a review in, uh, in iTunes for us. Okay. Um, my pick. Um, I go into a lot of podcast chat rooms, uh, and if you go into a lot of chat rooms on your Mac, then one of the, uh, an IRC chat client that I use for the Mac is called Colloquy. That's C-O-L-L. O-Q-U-Y, Colloquy. Um, it's an IRC chat for the Mac, but it is also uh, an iOS version. And I use both. And it's just a great little app. Um, I'm going to put the links into the show notes. And uh, if you go into a lot of IRC chats, you can do so on your iOS device. Um, the app for the iOS device costs pound forty nine. So it's likely to be about $1.99 for your iOS device. Um, and it's donationware for the uh, the Mac. And it's Colloquy is a great app. It remembers your settings and uh, you can just put your room references in there. And uh, I like it. I use it a lot and surprised. I'm not sure whether I've actually mentioned it before, but if I have, tough. I'm mentioning it again now. <laughs> yeah, you could probably <laughs> use that with uh, the chat room and the IMP podcast or I do. Um, yes, I Alison do. Sheridan's podcast. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, any number of podcasts which uh, have an IRC chat room. It's not just an IRC chat client. It uses some of the other client uh, um, IRC, not IRCs, but other protocols that you can uh, that you can go uh, into chat rooms with as well. Well, that's very cool. And we actually have a people's pick this week. Yay! From our good friend Steve Hammond. Uh, the name of the app is uh, What Size Mac, and it's from What Size. You can find it at WhatSizeMac.com. Uh, it's a simple shareware tool that allows you to quickly view and reclaim desk space. It's twelve ninety nine at their website, and it's also available at the Mac App Store for fourteen ninety nine. 
Um, and now some people may weird. say, no, well, not really. <laughs> no, not, re- not really. Not if you think about it, because in the Mac App Store, you can put it on numerous different devices. Ah, that's true. That's you true. see that, uh, you know, I think they're being a bit coy there. That's, you know, it's the first time I've seen that, but I can understand the reasoning behind it. Uh, plus, they might actually prefer you to buy it through the website. I don't know. Because, they, they, you, you know, of course, they don't lose that 30%. Exactly. So there's a couple of reasons why it might be more expensive in the Mac App Store. Anyway, um, I use what size. I have done for years, and I quite like it. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, a guy still would like you to um, go onto the Facebook page and, and like it because, you know. He is foolish and he is petty, but he knows it, uh, and he, he just you know he gets a bit of a buzz if you go on there. So if you're a Facebook Facebook user, go on there and uh, well, he'd like you to like the page, but any comments on there as well. He uh, yeah, now, and that's and that's my Mac podcast. Yes, my, my Mac, Mac podcast. podcast. How do I yeah. say that? My Mac podcast. I have so <laughs> many different ways to say it. We're still okay. at 123 likes on that. Yeah, it's kind of died off since the competition. <laughs> yeah. You you did bribe them, didn't you? Now, yeah, this, I, this yeah. iTunes review, um, he actually gave, he said the G-Men, five stars. Oh, well, before before mm-hmm. you say that, mm-hmm. um, you'll notice that this is not a picture, a screenshot yes, from I, iTunes. I did notice that. One because... of the things that Commentcast lets you do is <gasps> copy and paste text from yeah. comments. Steps back in amazement. I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, okay. So, would you like to hear my translation? Yes. Okay. Here I go. Interessante Podcast. Mix von Nachrichten. Reference zur eigenen Webseite. Reference zu anderen Mac-verwandten Podcasts sowie eine interessante Sicht auf Apple-Produkte. You know, Man, that, that really is. I am. I I don't know why I had to say it in that funny pitch, but (laughs) so thank you. So you have to kill yourself to sell a story around here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not buying it, Gaz. Did you you dump that into uh, text edit? Uh, uh, No, I I actually put it into my favorite Google Translate. (laughs) Oh, oh, did it? Did you get a translation in English? No, because didn't you just hear oh. it in German? Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I, no, I did get a translation into English, but I thought it better just to, you know, leave the people hanging on that one. <laughs> so, uh, uh, CWH2007, if you're uh, still listening to the podcast, uh, please send me send me an email, and I will send you one of our, one of our treasured Woodies. Now, Woodies are... In a limited supply, and I'm starting to run out of them. Are you? So, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how much did the last lot uh, cost for us to to get formulated? Oh, uh, let's see. It had to be somewhere in the neighborhood of point zero 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 five cents. If you look at the electricity that I had to use, that's a lot, though, isn't it? Yeah, you multiply that by like five thousand, and you're up to like maybe three cents. So limited supply. Yeah, that's yeah. So I guess we can get rid of this this bit here on the bottom where it says if you send in an iTunes review outside the US or UK, let us know so we can read it on the air. <laughs> Don't need to do that anymore because I have comment cast. <laughs> okay, now <laughs> CWH um, two thousand and seven. Um, 
how would he get in contact with you, Guy? Uh, he could probably get a hold of me, but he could send me an email, for example, to guy at mymac.com. Uh, he could verify that he was CWH2007 by sending me a tweet at twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. He could also send a tweet to uh, twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. That's G U Y A N D G A Z. Z. Just to be on the safe side, if he wanted to get a hold of you, how would he do it? Well, he could he could email me at gaz at m-a-y-m-a-c dot c-o-m. <laughs> M-O-U-S-C. <laughs> That's gaz at mymat.com. Or on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. <laughs> I'm totally re- confused. Well, the, the, re- the reason I didn't <clears throat> parrot was because I forgot to do it at the end of yours. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, where is it? I've got something here. There he is. <laughs> Yeah, 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 uh, and you could send um, you could send fearless leader Tim an email or let him know how how we're doing on the show by sending it to feedback at mymac.com. And if you would like your special guy and gas birthday greetings, you can contact us on the <laughs> Skype network through our Skype number at area code seven zero three four three six. Nine five zero one. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, my head hurts. Yours hurts. You want to? You want to listen to yourself? Uh, well, no, I really, really try to avoid that wherever I can. <laughs> so, guy, what's that last word say? Oh, that last word. Uh, let's see. End. No, it doesn't. It just says end. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the Tech Fan Podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. First, apologies for a podcast so long. Who could have guessed that it would all go so wrong? We yacked and we yammered with topics that should have been hammered. But that's okay, since we knew to blame Tom all along.